0: Um, I think as we we looked at the market, um, we really saw that Ethosphere uh, had the best solutions when it comes to you know setting standards and best practices. And
1: that was the voice of Andrew Neplet. He and Brian Bagley formed and formed Three Hundred and Sixty several years ago, and they recently uh, sold their company to Ethosphere and have joined Ethosphere in senior management roles at the organization. We talk about the Informed 360 product solution, how it fits in with Ethisphere services, their new roles at Ethisphere, and where all this is going to take Ethisphere going forward. Ethisphere is one of the most significant players in the compliance space, and I know you will enjoy hearing about this exciting new product offering, which will go with their fabulous line of service offerings, World's Most Ethical Company Awards, and of course, Bela. The FCPA Compliance Report is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Another episode, and boy, are you in for a treat today, because I'm in for a treat, and that's how I judge treats, is how good they are for me. So I have Andrew Neville and Brian Beakley. I would say, uh, new uh, you're going to tell us your new roles, but when I first met them, they were with Informed 360. Now they're with Ethisphere. So gentlemen, first of all, welcome to the podcast. It's so great to reconnect. Um, I was wondering if you could tell our audience a little bit about your professional backgrounds.
2: Well, I'll be happy to start, Tom. Um, this is Brian Beagley. Yes, uh, prior to starting uh, Inform 360, uh, I was the vice president of compliance at Johnson Controls. Um, and at the time, Johnson Controls was a Fortune 75 company with about $40 billion in revenue and around 170,000 employees worldwide. And as you're probably aware, Tom, uh, Johnson Controls was coming out from underneath a three-year deferred prosecution agreement, coming on the heels of an acquisition uh, that they did, that unfortunately was involved in the Iraq Oil for Food scandal, and then we had also voluntarily uh, disclosed some additional misconduct that we uncovered in one of our uh, business units in China. And you know, going through that whole process, and I've I've got uh, close to thirty years of experience um, in risk management and compliance and governance. Uh, programs and you know going through that process um, was an extremely labor-intensive effort. Uh, lots of manual processes, Excel spreadsheets, and so I guess a little over five years at this point. Um, you know, I approached the team at Ethisphere, Tim Erblich, Erica Byrne, Jonathan Whitaker, and said, you know, I, I think there's probably a better way to do a technology for ethics and compliance programs. And at the time they agreed, they were seeing kind of the same things. And they said, hey, you know, you want to go talk to this uh, gentleman named Andrew Neblett? He comes at it from a slightly different angle, but he's talking about the same things you are. And that's how Andrew and I got introduced.
0: You know, similar to Brian, I've been in the ethics compliance space for uh, over 25 years now. As as Brian mentioned, kind of really coming at it from a different angle, uh, building technology and data companies and um you know what i was looking at in the market a little over five years ago was i was hearing from a lot of a lot of the compliance teams that they just did not have an easy way to manage their day-to-day projects you know the everything from their their project management to risk assessments to you know disclosures um that all of their data was sitting in all these disparate systems everything from you know their training and their hotlines and their case management and Third-party due diligence, and they really wanted a better way to be able to bring all that data together, manage it on a day-to-day basis, and really get a informed 360-degree view of the program. And so, you know, Brian and I talked uh, after being introduced by Ethosphere, and uh, within a month, we had uh, started the business.
1: So, for uh, longtime fans of this podcast, they will remember my interview with Brian uh, shortly after you guys got together, and uh, he told us a little bit more in depth about the origin story the thing i took away from that was the incredible amount of work you had had to do labor intensive work at johnson's controls and you know coming to the conclusion there has to be a better way and at that point inform 360 became that better way and it was a very exciting time for both of you guys and i thought for what you guys were building but let's turn to today uh, you mentioned uh, tim uh, and others at ethosphere helped actually put you guys together Brian. Uh, I think mentioned that Ethosphere was an early investor, uh, in, Inform 360, but what, what brought you into a formal relationship, uh, with Ethosphere 360, uh, today?
0: Yeah, no, great, great question, Tom. Um, I think as we, we looked at the market, um, we really saw that Ethosphere uh, had the best solutions when it comes to, you know, setting standards and best practices and, really delivering excellent, uh, uh, you know, uh, assessments and, and, uh, you know, has the Bella community. And really what we saw was that, um, technology was the next thing that could really help, uh, deliver better solutions to their customers. And so as Tim, Brian and I, and Erica, et cetera, all, you know, started talking, we thought bringing the two businesses together, uh, made a whole lot of sense. And, uh, we thought we could deliver a lot more value to customers as well as, uh, you know, um, building a a really strong team that could deliver really the kind of the complete solution, if you will, to our customers.
1: So there are many product providers, obviously, in the compliance space, but one of the things that intrigued me that you just hit upon, Andrew, was this is more than just a product solution. This is Mm -hmm. going to be a service solution, or as you would say, a fully informed 360-degree solution. So I was wondering if you might be able to talk about how the um, informed 360 product solution will integrate into what I would call many of the Ethisphere's service solutions?
0: Yep. No, that's a, that's a great question. And as, as we look at this, you know, Ethisphere goes in and does, you know, we'll, can do uh, program assessments. And I'll just, you know, maybe take one example of that. Um, where, and we have actually been working with a couple of clients on this already. Um, But they'll go in and and complete a program assessment for a company and make a variety of recommendations on how they can improve that program. And one of the things that they've been doing is using some of our tools like our action plans tool that basically is a product management or project management tool for ethics compliance. And so they take the results that come out of those assessments and they put them into our uh, project management tool and are able to track those. But then as the Atmosphere team continues to work with them, um, they're able to see you know, what progress has been made, what's working, what's not working, and be able to provide additional resources as well. So really it's bringing that capability of, hey, what is best in class? What is good look like? And then how do we work with you not only to assess your program against that, but then how do we actually help you um, execute against it and help transform and continuously improve your program? And so it's really using those tools, but it's also, you know, things of many, you know, many of our our mutual clients also use like our conflicts of interest tool um, where they're able to, our disclosures tool, where they're able to track their um, disclosures and see, you know, how is that effectively working? And so it's really, you know, kind of identifying those issues, working with them to implement projects and uh, effectively tracking and continuously improving with them,
1: Brian. If I might ask you, it struck me—I believe—when uh, you and I visited uh, way back when, uh, one of the things we laughed about, I think, was uh, certainly with my professional background as a lawyer, uh, data was not something I was familiar with, and I think uh, unfortunately today many legally trained compliance professionals still struggle with that. So, one was how do I get the data? Two. How do I then uh, structure it in a way that someone can look at it and then have someone look at it and tell me what it means? So I was wondering if you could give a few thoughts about how the uh, informed 360 tool really helps the legally trained compliance professional through that up to the point where you can start actually either doing program enhancements or taking action steps from the insights from the data.
2: Sure, Tom. Yeah, I, I think about it in terms of a life cycle of continuous improvement for the compliance program. So, if you think about, you know, those common elements of an effective program, you know, having that tone at the top, the culture, leadership, which then um, delves into then the, the program and policies and procedures. And as you often reference, you know, operationalizing the compliance program. And that's a big piece of what Inform 360 does, is it essentially helps compliance teams operationalize um, their compliance program, their policies. So, for example, um, uh, conflicts of interest disclosures, being able to have an automated, simplified way to collect um, those conflict of interest disclosures being made by employees. And then, of course, as you're collecting that information, you're also getting valuable data. In terms of what types of conflicts are being made, where are they being made? And then, um, what we're hoping with Inform 360 and in this combination with Ethisphere is to take that to the next level uh, and start doing things on a rate basis. So, being able to compare business units in terms of the disclosures that they make or what kind of risks are being identified using our risk assessment tool. And that more kind of operational, tactical data then kind of feeds back into. Um, you know, the, the, um, the data that, that Ethosphere is generating on the survey side, the ethics quotient, the program assessments, the culture surveys, to ultimately help companies establish best practices around their ethics and compliance program. So it's kind of that life cycle where you have standard setting, you know, of, of course coming from the federal sentencing guidelines or ISO standards being significantly enhanced with the work that Ethisphere is doing. Ethisphere then obviously provides lots of of great resources and and benchmarking and best practices around what compliance uh, teams and programs should be doing. And Form 360 then helps operationalize that and then pull additional data out, which then reinforces back into those standards and those best practices. So. That's how we think about it. It's that life cycle of continuous improvement for ethics compliance programs.
1: Can I pick up on one of the points you raised? Because uh, it has become a little more to the foreground starting in October with the speech by Deputy Attorney General uh, Lisa Monaco. And uh, she announced some changes the DOJ was making. Uh, but the fo- focus I want to have is on her thoughts around culture. And we now have the Department of Justice saying Uh, Not only does it all start with culture, but we believe culture is a key uh, metric around how effective your compliance program is going to be. So does the Informed 360 tool help not only uh, measure culture, but then can you take it to these next steps that you would do with some of your other initiatives, such as uh, training or uh, communications or things that compliance officers have focused on? But I'd like to ask really about the cultural part and how can you help folks with the culture going forward? We're going to have a quick message from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back with more
2: from the FCPA compliance report. Sure. I think there's two aspects to the culture piece. Who wants Uh, to take
1: a stab at that
2: one? Sure. I'll I'll take a stab. I I think uh, there's two aspects to the culture piece. Um, The first one, as you rightly point out, is the the data piece. And I'll go back to the example I just used around disclosures and putting those, for example, on a rate basis. That really, to me, goes to the heart of a speak-up culture in terms of being able to have metrics around what kind of interaction are we seeing with employees uh, making conflict of interest disclosures or gifts and entertainment type disclosures? We've got a policy. The policy says, hey, we need to, to do these kinds of things. But are employees engaged and are employees out there at proactively making these disclosures? Do they see it as part of their obligation? So I think that feeds um, directly into uh, the culture aspect of the data piece. Um, the second aspect of this, and I think one thing that, that uh, we have recognize and, and, and recognize even more every day, is that, you know, tools like Inform 360 and, and of course, the, the same tools that Ethosphere has, especially in today's remote work environment, they become the face of the compliance program for most employees if you think about you know, your average employee in a, in a you know, very large organization, they're not gonna have day-to-day interaction uh, with the compliance team. What they're gonna interact with is either the training program via the learning management system or something like Inform 360, where they're participating in a risk assessment or they're making a disclosure or they've got action plans that they need to uh, complete or, or provide status updates on. That actually becomes their main interface with the compliance program. And so what we've tried to do with Inform 360 is make that as positive an experience as possible by simplifying the interface, making it very easy for employees to get in and get out, giving them the information they need at their fingertips so they can, you know, complete their compliance activity and kind of move on with their day. And that then reinforces a couple of things. One, it's a positive engagement with the compliance program. Um, second of all, it makes employees feel good because they're now able to comply with policies where in the past there might've been a requirement to disclose, but there was no effective you know, mechanism for them to do that. Um, and so all of that then feeds into this culture piece. You know, We want employees to disclose. We want employees to be involved. And then the other thing that you're doing is because these activities um, happen throughout the year, you're you're having multiple touch points with employees throughout the year. So you're you're essentially making uh, the compliance program salient and tangible for employees on an ongoing basis. You know, I think in the past, what you typically saw with compliance programs was, you know, the annual sheep dip, you know, go through the code of conduct certification or training, and that's it. That's the most interaction an employee would have. And you know what we see in, in the research is that you need more than that. There's gotta be an ongoing dialogue and ongoing interaction with employees. And, and yes, certainly communication helps in that, but having employees access uh, the compliance program digitally, especially again in this remote work environment, um, helps to foster that culture of integrity uh, for any organization.
0: And Tom, just to, just to build on that a little bit, um, let me ask, I, uh, now about your roles at F- Just, just, just to, build on, just to build a little bit on what, what Brian just said, I, I agree hundred percent with, with kind of the approach or how he's described it. And, you know, I think what we hear from clients is that interaction that they have and that ability to follow through and communicate when they need to on like the example of the disclosures really helps foster that sense of, you know, the, the, that, that the compliance team is engaged and, and, and aligned with them. The other thing that is part of the broader ethosphere capabilities, you know, not only do we have the operational capabilities that we had within Form 360, but we also have the culture assessments that we now do as well as the program assessments. And we really see those two really going hand in hand as we look at the programs and look at the, you know, the ascent. when we do those assessments, you can get that feedback from the customer to see, you know, what what elements of the program do you have? Um, But when you combine that with the culture assessment, it really brings some additional life to it so you can actually see, okay, hey, we're seeing that we, or when we do the culture assessment and get employees feedback on how they think that the culture is and how they think that they're performing, you can start to see where you might have gaps in the program. So if somebody says to you, yep, we don't report conflicts of interest, and you look at a specific country and you see where those numbers are low when you get at our systems, you can also start to cross-reference that with the training that you're doing, with the communications that you're doing, and maybe see why that perception is there and what you can effectively do about it. So we really see that the, the program assessments where you kind of look across the, across the board, the operational elements where we can see the details, and then the culture assessment really go hand in hand and we'll let you kind of dig in and see where you might have gaps in the program. And then more specifically, what are the specific actions that you can take to address those and then continuously measure and improve? So the program, the culture and the operational elements really tie very much hand in hand.
1: Let me turn to uh, your roles going forward. And could I ask you what you either your roles are at Ethisphere or if you're still uh, sorting that out, what you envision your roles m- might be in the new company, or the uh, combined company, I should say.
0: So um, my new role will be chief operating officer, and as part of that, it's really just working you know across the board with the entire Ethisphere team on a couple of specific things. One is really looking at our product roadmap and where we where are we going to go with our products, and how do we make sure that we're delivering you know the best products that that address our customers' need really across. Both the the customer sets, um, as well as our content roadmap, and then the other piece of this will obviously be, you know, kind of what will the experience be um, from time we are, you know, initially talking to customers to the time we're, you know, supporting and renewing them. How do we make sure that that is a, a consistent, excellent experience for them? So it really is going to be kind of overseeing the the product content and uh, uh, experience roadmaps.
2: Sure. My uh, new title will be Executive Vice President Insights and Solutions. And while the role itself may not be as well defined as Andrew's role as Chief Operating Officer, um, what I think the role is about uh, is really to help bridge that gap between uh, technology and what's available from a technology standpoint, i.e. the solutions, um, with insights it, from everything from, you know, the Ethisphere's uh, Ethics Quotient Survey and program assessments, uh, what we're hearing from the Bella community, what we're seeing in terms of developments just in the broader compliance world, whether that's coming through regulation or best practices, and trying to bridge that gap for customers to help kind of pave the way from a roadmap standpoint on the technology side and on the best practices Um you know, standpoint uh, on on the operational uh, side of things when implementing. And I think, you know, my unique experience of, of, of having been obviously involved in Inform 360 from the technology standpoint, um, but also having been a chief compliance officer and kind of understanding what the role entails and, and kind of what uh, and how uh, chief compliance officers think about what their priorities are and what their needs are. And how we can help, you know, service and support those is, I think, where I'm going to be spending most of my time.
1: Many people think of ethosphere. They think of several different things. One, of course, is World's Most Ethical Companies and the events around that uh, process uh, and awards. Uh, but the other is the Bela communities. And I wanted to ask, uh, and and from my perspective, I think the Bela communities are hugely important not because simply because you're bringing to be together compliance professionals uh, together with Ethosphere, but it's the back and forth dialogue. And I won't speak for Ethosphere, but I know they take away a lot from the conversations that go in that in those Bayla communities, and they incorporate that into some of their some of their service offerings. And I wanted to ask you guys: is is that something that you feel like uh, these products? that you're bringing from Inform 360, you'll be able to incorporate those discussions into the Bela communities and really have a, a, a more robust discussion with compliance professionals about not only what they need, but the delivery of services to them as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we really value the Bella community. Um, we, uh, many of our customers are, are as, as Informed 360, we're Bella community members. And one of the things that I think, you know, Brian and I are both pretty, um, you know, Focused on is how do we understand, how do we better listen to our customers, understand what their needs are, and deliver against them. And so, one of the things we spend a significant amount of time on now, and I know we're going to even more as we go forward, is really those conversations with the customers, really understanding their workflows, their processes, their needs, their pain points, and really incorporating those into the into our solutions, whether it's a technology solution, a content solution, or a you know an assessment. Um, and so, yeah, we, we very much value Bella. Uh, we are looking forward to being more, even more involved than we have been in those conversations and working very closely with those members to, to take those ideas and deliver and, and better solutions for them. And I know in talking to many of them, that's one of the things that they've historically appreciated is the fact that they are listened to, um, that we can take those concepts and, and deliver them better solutions. But I think the other part of it that you hit on, Tom, is the, the fact that, it is a community. And um, one of the things that we can really do as, as part of that community is connect different members that are facing similar challenges and help connect them and and have them you know, bounce ideas off of each other and, and see what's working and what's not working. Uh, because we've got one perspective, but, but each of them has their own perspective and their own experiences that I think have really lended a lot of value or lend a lot of value to the, the, their fellow members.
1: Uh, you guys have an upcoming Ethisphere webinar entitled Turning Ethics and Compliance Insights into Action. I was wondering if I could get a little teaser preview of that event from uh, you all. We're going to link to registration in the show notes.
0: Great. Yeah, we can't give you too much, but, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> no, uh, the, the goal of the of it really is, you know, as we look, and, and I think Insights into Action is kind of a nice way of, of summarizing, the way we look at kind of how the two organizations are coming together. Um, Ethisphere delivers a significant number of insights. And what we are able to do with a lot of our tool is really help them in action. And, you know, a couple of those examples like Brian and I gave earlier, it's really as they go in and do assessments um, and even where gaps might be in the program or what solutions are needed, um, we can help them actually turn that into action, but then also start that continuous improvement uh, lifecycle, if you will. Or anything you want to add? No, that, that's
2: exactly right. It it's um, it gets back to that life cycle, and I think you know part of the reason why Inform three hundred and sixty was started is you know we saw not only the, the need for the technology, but that you know companies were struggling to implement um, the recommendations that you know um, groups like Ethosphere were making. So we'd have a great set of recommendations. Now we need to actually implement them. And not only do that, but also track those implementations. And so, I think by combining the two um, companies and in, in, in our products and services and what we offer, we're able to now take that those insights that are you know, generated on the Ethosphere side, you know through the Bella community, through the surveys, um, and the other great work that that team does and turn those into, you know, tangible solutions. Again, I get back to the operationalizing of the compliance program and basically helping customers do that. And and to your point earlier, Tom, you know, I think one of the unique aspects of being successful in this area is to keep things very simple um, and allow customers to get access to data Quickly and easily allow them to allow employees to do their compliance activities quickly, quickly and easily, um, and then just keep that as simple as possible. And then along the way, we're generating more data, which, like I said, then feeds back into the best practices and the standard setting. So it's that full life cycle of just what the webinar says, turning insights into actions, and those actions produce data, and that data goes back into the insights and ultimately uh, standard setting.
1: Gentlemen, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted uh, more information on uh, the um, uh, merger or the uh, acquisition, whatever the correct title is, of Informed 360 in Atmosphere or any of the topics you guys have talked about on this podcast. How would you suggest the best way for them to do so?
0: I think best best way to reach me is via email, just andrew.neblet at ethosphere.com and um, or just reach out through the website and and uh, the team will get a hold of me and happy to happy to speak with with anybody about you know where we are where we're going and uh, really appreciate day, you know, the time today tom
2: yeah same here uh you know Bigley at ethosphere.com obviously uh, feel free to go out to the website and take a look and then uh, highly encourage you, if you're not part of the Bella community at Ethisphere, uh, sign up. Um, I was actually one of the, I guess, inaugural members of getting the Bella community up and started. So I'm personally just ecstatic about the growth that that uh, group has seen over the last couple of years. And I'm very anxious to rejoin it. Uh, in a more direct way um, with my new position at Ethisphere. But I, I think that's one of the best ways that um, any organization out there can get more involved and learn more is, you know, become a part of that Bella community. It, it is really a, a group that it talks about best practices. You learn a lot. You can talk to your peers. Um, it really is just a great forum uh, for helping to drive improvement on your ethics and compliance program.
1: Well, gentlemen, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to visit with me. I also want to congratulate you both, uh, not only on what you've uh, joined with Ethisphere, but frankly, for what you created in Form 360. Uh, it was a huge step forward for the entire compliance community, and I can't wait to see what you do next.
0: Thank you, Tom. Nice doing, Tom. Really appreciate it.
1: This is Tom Fox again. I would urge you to check out Karen Woody's new podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network. On Monday, January 24, I'm premiering Trial of the Century, the Enron Trial, a special five-part podcast series I'm doing in conjunction with my good friend and colleague, Lauren Steffi, who is a business columnist for the Houston Chronicle and covered the Enron Trial. It's the 15th anniversary of the Enron Trial, and we wanted to focus on the trial as opposed to the collapse of Enron. Trial of the Century, the Enron Trial, premieres Monday, January 24th, on the Compliance Podcast Network. Please check it out. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report, and I hope you'll join us again next week. The FCPA Compliance Report is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.
2: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.